We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world with all its power and might steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. On today's show, Angela Cotavello's book, The Ruling Class, and how they think, they, the ruling class, think you're too stupid to run your own life and that you should actually be praying to them as your savior and your God. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Good morning and welcome to today's show. Welcome to The Rebellion. Thank you so much for listening in. Thank you for listening on radio at KOKL. Thank you for listening to the show on podcast, whether it be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or SoundCloud. And thank you for taking some of your favorite episodes and copying the links and pasting those shows out there in your social media so that other people know about The Rebellion and can join in. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you for your loyalty. Thank you for being willing to engage in some ideas, some ideas that matter. I assume that some of you that listen in don't agree with everything I say. In fact, I hope that all of you listening in find something that I say that you could challenge and disagree with. That's what thinking human beings do. That's why we talk about ideas, ideas that matter. Ideas have consequences. People should think. People should read. People should argue. People should debate. And just because we disagree with one another doesn't mean that we're hateful. Yeah, before we get into today's show, I want you to camp on that idea for just a moment. Are we allowed to disagree? Are we allowed to think differently? Are we allowed to challenge the consensus of our given political parties, for example? Or is there a ruling class over the party that says, no, that idea is unacceptable? You can talk about anything else but that idea. That idea is, is phobic. That idea is too far out there. Now, I'm going to say it again. Just because you disagree doesn't mean you're afraid of people or ideas. This, this concept of putting the word phobic on anything that the ruling class finds unacceptable is just crazy. Just because you disagree with someone doesn't mean you're afraid of them. For example, I disagree with Adam Carolla's comedy. I disagree with the, uh, I'll just call it what I think it is, the misogyny that's endemic to a lot of the, the left comedy. Bill Maher, Adam Carolla, the list goes on. I think it demeans women. I think it's I, I think it is derogatory. I think it puts women in a position of being sexual objects with, as opposed to people of dignity. And I think I've been proven right over time. I, you see that when Jimmy Kimmel and Adam Carolla were together doing The Man Show, that now Jimmy Kimmel wouldn't touch that with a 10-foot pole because he would be maligned. 
he would be maligned for that comedy. He tries to distance himself from it. Adam Carolla, perhaps not so much, but Jimmy Kimmel surely has. Look at the issue of how they used to blackface uh, African-Americans. I mean, Jimmy Kimmel is in blackface on The Man Show in a comedy routine, mocking Moses Malone. But now that is viewed as verboten. Maybe it should be. Maybe it was inappropriate then. But the ruling class said that that was fine then. What say you now? And you need to stop and think about what's going to happen next. What's the next agenda of the ruling class? Now, some of our debate, some of our pushback actually results in the ruling class going the right direction. And perhaps this issue of them backing away from all of the black facing and all of that stuff. Maybe, maybe the conservatives among us actually had something to do with them pulling back from that. But some of the other stuff that they're declaring verboten, for example, they tried to stop you from talking about critical race theory. They tried very hard, and some of them still are. They mocked you. They made fun of you. They, they said, oh, we're not even teaching that. That's nonsense. And then when they got caught time and time again actually promoting it, then you have politicians coming out and saying, oh, I've stood against critical race theory. Well, really, why are you saying that? Did you lead the charge at the front end? Did you have the spine? Did you have the courage to stand in the way of CRT when everybody was maligning anyone, anyone who dared to challenge it? They were maligning anyone who dared to step forward and say, this isn't right. It's teaching our students to judge people by the color of their skin. It's teaching the next generation of American leaders, to judge people as a group, to suggest that a group of people, just because of the way they look, is inferior to another group. It's teaching division and balkanization. It's teaching racism as a solution to racism, and that doesn't solve the problem. Were you at the front end of those of us who were saying that, or were you standing back a bit, watching and waiting to see what the ruling class approved. The bottom line is this, before we take a break. Are, are you free to think? Or is there a group somewhere out there that's trying to censor you and silence you? Are, are you free to disagree? Or is there a group out there somewhere that's saying, no, no, that kind of disagreement is phobic? Are, are you free to challenge popular ideas, ideas that have been blessed and sanctioned by this group? Can you challenge them, or are you going to be called an extremist when you do? These are the types of things you need to watch for, because when you hear these calls for silencing and canceling and censoring, when you see this group this group of politicians and pedagogues, teachers, and even some preachers, the pastors, clerics. When you see this group of elites standing back and deciding, no, that, that idea is unacceptable. It's almost as if they stand, they stand on the sidelines of the game. Or they sit in the arena, in the emperor's box, watching the games down on the floor of the Colosseum, and it's thumbs up or thumbs down as to 
who is acceptable, who should win and who should lose. It's almost as if the ruling class is doing this with our daily conversations, what ideas are acceptable, what ideas are not. If the political winds are shifting so that they're in danger of losing their seat in the Colosseum, and they're actually in danger of having to get their hands dirty and get down on the floor of the Colosseum and engage in the game, it's only at that time that honesty actually starts to prevail. Think of the movie Russell Crowe and the Gladiator. The emperor's in the seat watching the games, thumbs up, thumbs down as to who is acceptable and who is not. What ideas should live and what ideas should die. But when that emperor is forced to get down in the arena, down on the floor, down in the dirt, down with his competition, it's only then that the emperor is seen for what he really is. He's an equal. He's another human being. And if the, if the game is fair, then we'll see who's right, who's stronger, who's more moral, who's, who's got better thoughts, who's, who's able to win this particular battle. It's, it's at that time we see who's right and who's wrong, who's been courageous and who's been Mm, perhaps a little corrupt. Is it, the, is it the emperor who's prepared to cheat even now while he stands in their arena? Or is it the gladiator who stands there with integrity and courage and confidence, willing to actually lose his own life for the sake of proving to those that are watching, prove to those who are watching, what's true and what's false, what's good and what's right, what's, what, what's good and true and beautiful. The classic, the classic trio of ideas that we're supposed to be able to discuss robustly in a free culture. What's good, what's true, what's beautiful. Does the ruling class want you to discuss that? Or are they going to tell you are they going to tell you the answer to all those questions because they think you're too stupid? You're in the country class. If you dare to step forward and try to engage in the conversation at the dinner table, in the classroom, in the courtroom, on radio, TV, in writing, in public or in politics, they, the ruling class, will tell you. They will decide. Oh, and they'll even resort to sleight of hand. Maybe they've got a dagger ready, hidden underneath their tunic, like in the gladiator. Bottom line is, who won at the end of the day anyway? Russell Crowe did. You know the end of the movie. He won. Oh, yeah, he was stabbed. He died. He was betrayed. Sleight of hand deception resulted in a temporary defeat in the arena of life. But remember the Piper axiom, if you're not willing to lose by doing what's right, you're never going to win. Victory isn't just the temporal. Victory is what the crowd is watching.
because those things the crowd is watching, those people that are in the arena will recognize. They'll recognize the deception of the emperor. They'll recognize that what he did was the ultimate lie because he couldn't win by wielding just the truth. This is the difference between the ruling class and the country class, and this is what Angelo Cotovella is talking about in his book. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Let's take a break, and I'll be right back in a couple minutes. Okay, welcome back to The Rebellion. I'd like to repeat a paragraph or two from yesterday's, yesterday's show as I read from The Ruling Class by Angelo Cotovella, a book that was endorsed by Rush Limbaugh in a foreword that he wrote for the book some Oh, 10 years ago or more. Yeah, I think it was about 12 years ago because the book was published in uh, 2010. But I may be wrong on that because Rush Limbaugh read the book first and then later, I believe, he wrote the foreword for a reprint of that. So that's irrelevant, I suppose, at this time, but I just want to be accurate in what I'm saying. A couple quotes. The enlightened of the ruling class know that ordinary people can no longer be trusted with reason any more than they can with guns. Because ordinary people will pervert reason. Science is science only in the hands of those who are right, the ruling class. Consensus among the right people is the only standard of truth. Facts and logic matter only insofar as a proper authority acknowledges them. Okay, so this sets the context for the enlightened, the ruling class, to decide what's reasonable and what's not. They actually will define reason, rationality. They will declare any opponents to be unreasonable, irrational, extreme, if you will. Language that they use today, they've used this word extreme as the ultimate condemnation of an individual who they've decided is a science denier. They've decided is an extremist, too right-wing, too religious, if you will. That's usually what it's about. It's about religion. Now, they'll claim that they're not that religious, but really that's not true because they elevate themselves to be gods in and of themselves. That's why sex is so important to them. I mean, they're fixated on sex, and when you respond to the fact that they're constant drumbeat is the sexualization of our children, for example. In grades as early as kindergarten through third grade, the very thing that the parental rights bill in Florida is challenging. This bill is challenging this, this religion of sexualization of children in Florida, that kids shouldn't be indoctrinated with sex. This, this bill is responding to this constant, perpetual Chinese water torture from the progressive left of sex, sex, sex. It's all about sex. And when the country class responds and says, wait a second, we don't want to talk about this all the time. It, why are you all so fixated on it, so hell-bent as to start indoctrinating our youngest children in your religion, your religion, this is a religious fixation that you have. We don't think our kids should be subjected to this, at this young age at least. Can we just agree that at this young, tender, innocent age of five years old to eight years of age that we can hold back a bit and stop this? 
stop this? Can we just let them be kids? What child needs to be exposed to your religion of sexuality, sexual identity, trans identity, your, your religion of worshiping this rainbow? When you say that, you are condemned by the ruling class because you cha- you've challenged their religion and they won't to- tolerate it. That's what it's all about. It's their religion. And they know that you can't be trusted with, with a, a, a religious conversation, and therefore they want you to shut up about religion. You're too religious because you've dared to challenge their religion. You're, you're one of those ordinary people who actually believes in the historical, biblical God. And therefore, you're going to pervert reason. You're going to be irrational. And you don't, you don't even believe in science. You're denying science. And when you say, wait a second, isn't science the process of asking questions in the pursuit of truth? Oh, no, no, that's not science. Science is only science in the right hands. Well, whose hands? Our hands. The smart folks, the experts, you know, the experts. You know, teachers, preachers, politicians. You know, uh, medical doctors like Anthony Fauci, experts. Well, there are teachers that disagree with you, right? Well, they're they're crazies. They're crazies. They don't know what they're talking about, to quote Anthony Fauci, even though there are teachers and there are medical doctors who disagree with some of the consensus of the ruling class. The consensus has to be among the right people, They're the only standard bearers of truth. They're the ones that decide what facts are truly facts. They're the ones that decide the definition of logic and reason. Only the proper authority, the experts, can make these decisions. And the rest of you in the country class, if you challenge us, you're challenging science. You're challenging logic. You're challenging reason. No, that's not what we're challenging. And they know it. We're challenging their religion. And you can sense it. You can see it right now. There are a few of us who haven't imbibed the Kool-Aid so deeply that we've bought this lie. The Virginia parents that rose up in the election and said, this is crazy. The emperor has no clothes. This, This progressive religion is a lie. You're lying to us. Our girls are being demeaned and diminished. They're being dumbed down to nothing. Nothing, and they have nothing left because you've dumbed them down to nothing. They don't even have their own bathrooms anymore. And finally, some people started listening. Finally, the public pressure became so great that even members of the ruling class recognized, hey, we're in danger of losing our power. We're in danger of losing our position. These people actually might vote us out of office if we don't figure out a way to say, oh, we were with you all along. We never believed this stuff. We've always been fighting the same fight that you're fighting right now. Let's let's march together against these crazy ideas. But you, you know that some of the folks doing that, they weren't there for a long time. They weren't doing anything. They were standing back on the sidelines. They were sitting up in the emperor's box while the rest of us were down 
on the floor, engaging in battle, fighting off this nonsense, getting our hands dirty. Now, they, they didn't really believe that the battle was worth fighting until their own position was threatened. More from the book. Today's ruling class has a narrow, uniform set of ideas. If you challenge him, you're the crazy, you're the extremist. Back to the book again. Today's ruling class has a narrow, uniform set of ideas, as well as a secular canon of sacred myths and saints and sins and ritual language. The class's chief pretension is its intellectual superiority. Its members claim to know things that the common herd cannot know, It confuses its own opinions with science. And while most Americans pray to the God who created us in his own image, our ruling class, excuse me one more time, our ruling class prays to themselves. Isn't that so true? Isn't that so true? They are the gods who walk among us. And they think you're too stupid. To recognize it. You know, while I campaign for this county commissioner seat, I see it over and over again. They, the ruling class, despise you. They despise the country class. They'll do anything to confuse you. They'll do anything to keep you in the dark. But they're trying to control you. Because they don't like you. You're dirty. You're one of those. You're an extremist. Your ideas are too far out there. Well, what did you say that is so extreme? That's what you should be asking. What's so extreme about saying a woman should have her own bathroom? Is that extreme in today's political and religious debate? Is it, is it unacceptable? Is it impolite? Is it just not worthy of public conversation to discuss a woman's dignity, her identity, and the fact that it shouldn't be stolen and given to somebody who's not a woman? What's so extreme about talking about proper pronouns? And if, if, a, if the science says that a man is a biological fact, shouldn't you use a masculine pronoun in reference to him? Why would you want to use a female, a feminine pronoun to refer to somebody who's a biological male? Isn't that a breach of the standards of not only reason, but just English? (laughs) We communicate? Grammar? But asking these questions, you're the extremist. Stop and think about it. Who's the extremist here? Why? How about the, the the innocence of children, defending children, saying that children shouldn't be exposed to sexual indoctrination, that a five-year-old, an eight-year-old shouldn't be burdened by all of that. Protect their innocence, teach them their ABCs, and stop teaching them this alphabet soup of sexual identity. Why is that extreme? Why? Why is it extreme to quote George Washington, John Adams? Why is that extreme to quote the fact that they grounded their worldview 
in the Bible. Why? Why is it extreme to say, wait a second, can we debate the issues of climate change? Can we look at the real data? Can we ask questions about why the International Committee on Climate Change actually fudged its data and got caught doing so? Can I raise my hand and ask? How about masks? Can we talk about the studies that suggest that masks don't work? How about the potential side effects of vaccines, COVID vaccines? Can we talk about the fact that the vaccine, by definition, hasn't been around long enough to test those side effects adequately and thoroughly? We just don't know. By the way, have you been watching the news about how some of the side effects are now being acknowledged and disclosed? There's some pretty, pretty damning evidence out there right now that those extremists among us were perhaps right all, all along. The gladiator on the floor actually knew what he was talking about, while the emperor in the stands with his thumb up or thumb down may have been interested in nothing but retaining his power. The ruling class thinks that Americans are unfit to run their own lives. Most Americans have noticed that our ruling class, however, has been wrong a lot. The country class recognizes that the ruling class is wrong. Oh, they, they, they despise you. They're trying to silence you. They throw uh, bread out at the circus periodically to try to keep the crowd at bay, the country class at bay. But a lot of people recognize something isn't right. I know this because when I'm going door to door on my campaign, people are shaking their heads and saying, I'm a Democrat, or at least I was a Democrat, but this stuff is just out of control. They get it. And someone like you or me, who has been saying all along, who has been warning all along, that this is a lie, this is sleight of hand, that the ruling class's mantra makes no sense. We're not as extreme in the minds of the country class as the ruling class makes out. No, don't let them feed you that. It's just not true. People are watching. There are a lot of people watching the parade, and they know that the emperor has no clothes. I close with this quote from Cotevella's book. Ancient and ubiquitous is the division between the ends who benefit from closeness to the king's court and the outs in the rest of the country who must pay for the king's largesse. Like countless others, America's country party is the party of the outs. America's outs, the country class. The two-thirds of Americans who feel, who know that the ruling class is demeaning us, impoverishing us, and demoralizing us. We are the people who embody the ideas and the habits that made America the envy of the world. We are not the extremists. We are not the crazies. We are not the science deniers. We are not the hateful. We are not leading this cancel culture and this maligning, this deception. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. Just remember, there's a crowd in the stands watching the battle on the floor of the Colosseum. May they wake up and recognize, recognize who's telling them the truth, who's the true rebel, and who the extremist in deception really is. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.